Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Nobody's Damsel. I'm your host, Ellie Coburn, and this is a cultural commentary podcast at the intersection of princess purity, political, and pop culture. Uh, We have a very big treat today and all month long. Uh, Nobody's Damsel is celebrating Black History Month, and I have a panel of three amazing, amazing guests. You know Embo from a few episodes ago. She came on and we talked about all the things. And then I have two more guests, friends of mine who I also met through the Insta world, Danny and Alexa, who are here to impart whatever they want to. I have basically given them free range with this episode, and I'm so excited. This is something that I really wanted to take a backseat to. I'm going to be muting myself all the way until the end. I am here. I am listening. I'm so excited to get to hear this in real time, and you guys will hear it in four days, but I'm getting the first insider edition. So this is something that is going to be all them, and I'm going to turn over the the mic to Embo, who is going to introduce the episode and get everything started. Enjoy, guys. This is a huge privilege. I will say before I get to, you know, before I head out for the episode, all of these women's Instagram handles will be available on the podcast and on the little intro on the podcast that you can find on all the platforms. So make sure to give them a follow. And then I'm also going to be including a way for you to support them and honor this episode. And so just keep in mind that all of that is going to be available very soon. Embo, you want to take it from here? Heck yes. Hello, everybody. It is Black History Month. And Black History Month for me really is about the enfleshment, the celebration, the triumph, the joy, and the resilience of Black people. And so that really is all that we're going to talk about. And I feel like, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what it's like to be black and white spaces, because that is a very common experience amongst the three of us. But I am very, very excited for this conversation. I already, I mean, I don't really know Danny much more than Instagram. And Alexa, I actually just met via Instagram a couple days ago, but I'm very, very excited. I already adore them. And this conversation is going to be a good one. Ladies, tell us, well, I guess I should say where I'm I'm from. My name's Zimbo. I'm in the lovely state of Texas, DFW area. Now, ladies, tell us where you're from, a little bit about yourselves and your name, Avi. I'm Alexa. I'm a 21-year-old transracial adoptee. I live in Kentucky, and I'm a college student. Kentucky? I, like, held back a facial expression there. Like, that's a hard, that's a hard state. <laughs> that's that's a little more yeehaw than Texas. <laughs> like, yeah. a real yeehaw. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So tell us a little bit. Have you been in Kentucky your whole life? I have. Born here, raised here. Wow. Okay. Tell us about your experiences as a, and let's just talk, like, let's just talk about it. Um, just interject whenever needed, um, whenever you feel necessary. But tell us about your experiences as growing up in Kentucky, which I imagine was white, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was quite Caucasian. Yes. I mean, I've always been around white people because my parents are white. But I grew up in a town, the town I live in now is Versailles, and it's mostly, there's like lots of people of color. It's not just white people. But then for a good portion of my life, like 10 years, we lived in a town called Somerset, and it was like, 99% white people is really hard transition to be like pretty much the only black people and that affected me in a lot of ways I was bullied I just had like really bad self-image that I'm still working on to this day that is something so real I grew up in pretty much predominantly white areas I am a former foster youth I aged out of foster care and for most of my life Probably while I was in care, I was definitely surrounded by people of color um, and Black people specifically. Don't get it twisted. Black and people of color, two separate things. Two separate things, ladies and gentlemen. I just, oh, that one irks me. But I pretty much until like seventh, eighth grade, that was whenever it was like white, like indoctrinated. And so that, of course, is whenever self-esteem develops and you really just kind of like experiment with makeup and like what, you know, kind of define your version of beauty. And because I was surrounded by a bunch of white people, I thought white was beautiful. And so I did not realize like, oh, it's not that you're not pretty. It's not that you're not beautiful, boo. It's that you were in a predominantly white school. 
cool with that part. That's it. You're in a predominantly white area. You're beauty. Like you, you shine, you shine. So I completely relate there. And of course, like there are so many effects. I do not think people understand and how insidious and how deeply racism and white supremacy has affected people and continues to affect people even from I mean I remember very specific things from childhood and how those have left imprints on me and did y'all ever have that moment oh it frustrates me to this day where I'm like what in the actual heck whenever you're like at a school dance or something and then everyone looks at you whenever a certain song comes on and they're like you can do this right like you can like Like, go ahead they're like clapping you in I'm like what are you doing (laughs) ma'am no Mm, I saw that on TikTok the other day and I was like, wow, that brought back memories that were low-key traumatizing. Painful. But it's fine. It's all good. (laughs) It's all good. Oh my gosh. Ma'am. Okay. So let's dive a little more deeply into just this idea of specifically, I want to dive into being a person of color. I need to slap myself. That's not what I said earlier, being a black person within a white space, specifically in the context of family, you two, as you previously mentioned, have white parents and white families. I do not. I was once part of one, no longer am because of a lot of things. And some of those things are race related. So I would just love to hear what that was like for you guys. Um, Did you ever feel like your blackness was affirmed? Did you ever feel like it was swept under the rug? Like just talk us through what that was like growing up with you. And if you have siblings and if they are white or black or a different race, just let's hear all of things. I feel like my parents did the best. Well, my parents are white and I have a brother who's also black and it's just the two of us. And I feel like they did the best that they could with like the elements that they were given in the 90s. Like they were taught, I was talking to my mom about this the other day, like they were taught to like not see color and like it's about like our souls and whatnot. And like we talked about it the other day because like they're trying to become like their best woke white selves and we love to see it. But like they did the best they could. They like gave me black Barbies and like I had a woman who would come and do my hair and my mom learned how to do my hair. And I feel like it's also like a part of society, like there wasn't enough to contribute to me, if that makes sense, because definitely, yes, it's all there was. Society hadn't caught up to now to this whole inclusion. Yes, yes, yes. But they tried to be like as inclusive as possible. But we did live, we do live in Kentucky. And for a while we lived in Indiana and it's mostly like the places we lived are white that's all there was. I remember having a couple black friends and like, yeah, it was just very like minimal, I guess you could say. But I am still working to find like my identity as a black woman because I'm only 21 and I feel like for a while I didn't see my blackness, if that makes sense. So I feel Entirely. like I'm on the same page. Girl, it's a journey. It is a journey. I don't even feel like I've like fully explored it. I think it's going to look different. And I really think it's a lifelong journey. I think it is, it's going to look different and I'm going to see different aspects of it whenever I become a mother, if that is something that I do, whenever I become married, if that's something that I do, like just within different roles, like I'm even me right now, I'm trying to enter corporate America and I'm very well aware. Like I graduated in the year 2020, the year of George Floyd and, you know, Black Lives Matter to the absolute maximum. And so, of course, companies are trying to save face and really hire black people. Right. So if, like I hit the jackpot because I'm black. I'm a woman and my name is African sounding because I'm Congolese. So, you know, it's just this weird like, hmm, do I do this job? Like, I don't know, but just a whole bunch of different facets and things where you just within the different spaces and environments that we enter we are kind of forced to discover different parts of our blackness um and so i i think it's it is a journey it is a journey and it's fun at times but also hella terrible because so many things so many things have been said to me within the faith space within the family space within i mean instagram just so much and so i just ooh gosh Let's talk about 2020. Speaking of, what was that year like for you guys? Uh, it was rough. Cried a lot. I'm already a crybaby, and I just feel like I cried even more. 
I turned 21 in quarantine, so that sucked. And then when everything started happening with like the Black Lives Matter movement, I don't think I've ever been so like awoken to it, I guess, like re- like realizing what's going on and like the realness of it. Like anyone who knows me knows that I want to be a mom. Like that's my deepest calling. And like I questioned everything. I'm like, how am I supposed to have kids? And like, they're going to be hated on for the color of their skin. You don't even know them. Like I have a brother who has Asperger's syndrome and I'm like, I don't want him to go anywhere. Like I didn't want him to leave my site because like someone's going to take him out. I really couldn't handle it. Like it, it was a lot for me and it still is yeah. a lot. I feel like I'm still recovering. Like I have not even processed Chadwick Boseman at all. Like <laughs> when I tell you I'm so far behind, I'm behind. I'm like, okay, we're just, we're, we're not ready to emotionally process that one. So we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Cicely Tyson. I like, wow. I I didn't even, oh, I, I don't have words, but man, so I'm Congolese. My parents came here from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and my mom, I think, was pregnant with me on the way here, something like that. I'm not sure. Either way. But I actually, like, I do not have a Black father that I, like, identify with or a, a Black male in my life that is like, oh, you're like my dad. And so it's it's very, very interesting. And I don't quite know because all of like my quote unquote father figures, they are white males. And albeit they are white males who indeed see, celebrate, honor my blackness like entirely. However, there's still not someone that I see myself in. Okay, let's talk through uh, transracial adoption. This is something that was huge and talked about in 2020. Obviously, with Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor, amongst many, many, many others whose lives were lost due to racism, systemic racism, police brutality, and a bunch of other things that should not be present and alive, but here we are. Just have to recognize that. We always have to recognize it. And uh, transracial adoptees spoke up a lot and they said a lot of things within this whole adoptee foster care like I don't know community I guess you can call it on Instagram that we're a part of but we also had a lot of parents speaking out specifically out of like white adoptive parents and some things were quite helpful some things were not some things were like why the heck are you speaking because this is like you you're, mm-hmm. you're you're not it you're not even what we're talking about right now like you're not even the focus why is your voice being elevated because you're white and it's about black people so black people need to be speaking but there were some very problematic things said on that end of the spectrum and even as people i mean Gosh, I had so many people reach out to me via DM and like, can we schedule a Zoom meeting and can we do this? Can we do that? I'm like, if unless you're trying to pay me, no. Don't literally no. I'm like, you're you're asking me to do this at a very like in a time that's already quite strenuous and stressful and where trauma is happening again and again and again. And then you're asking me to dive deep into my history and do the work for you that you could very well do because Google is free. So Unless you try to pay me. Listen, I'm so, I'm like very real. Cause I'm like, listen, I like, I'm sorry, your expertise, it is not free. Black History Month is not about us educating people. It is not about us serving people. It is about the embodiment and the enfleshment of black liberation and black freedom, black joy, black beauty, all of the good and great things that are about black people. So, sorry, I was on one. <laughs> Now that I've calmed down, now that I calmed down, just kidding, just kidding. Talk to me about just the different things that you saw versus transracial adoption and all of the things that were said on either side and what your thoughts, feelings regarding that, et cetera. Of course, the like big ticket question everyone has is, is transracial adoption? Like, do you agree or do you disagree? Like, do you think it's better for like people to be in black families? And you know what I'm saying? I'm okay with it if they put in the work like I don't want you seeking out a black child just to have a little pop of color in your family like I need you to make their life beyond special like not even special I need you to make them feel like they're a person like they're the person they're meant to be like they're their color like you're not going to ignore it like they're a black person or a child of color or whatever and like to me it was really disappointing 
because I follow a lot of like transracial families and they were not putting in that work that you need to be putting in when you have a black child like it was like it sucked I think it's devastating yeah it is devastating even with the black families or with the transracial families that I do know I I mean even this year I was speaking with another friend a couple days ago like we were just thinking about all the black kids that we know within white families and just so deeply sad for them like so deeply sad of like oh like I so wish I could do something to mitigate this heartbreak that is coming for you like just the I don't know there's there's something about it that just gets you so deep so I entirely understand it's like an unwillingness to see your own child that's devastating awful and like there's a couple of them that just like it was just blatant ignorance until like you try to correct it and they come at you harder with like their own ill-intentioned reply I guess is how I would say like they just got so defensive when you're really trying to help yes definitely man so many well-meaning intentioned comments right like that I feel like that encompasses 2020 just as well I wrote something and then the relevant magazine picked it up and they are a Christian culture, Christian where Christianity meets culture kind of magazine, I guess you could say. Um, relevant magazine picked it up, decided to publish it. And I've, lots of things were said about it, like lots of things. And I got many comments ranging from, you know, I don't believe any of this. This is not real to you are speaking as if you our black first Christian second. I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. If I'm crossing the street, do you think people are going to see Jesus or are they going to see a black woman? Please tell me. I'm so oh. serious because I'm like, literally, please tell me. I, you will very clearly see a black woman. You will not see Jesus because more than likely, the amount of people that think Jesus is white, insanity. I'm sorry. He's not white. So listen, Jesus would look a lot more like me than he would a white individual. So I just, you know, I digress. But I lost everything that I was literally about to say. Uh, I got too hyped on that one. But the well-intentioned comments, the like, you oh, you're so cute. The like, I don't know. The comments about transracial family specifically were almost turned into and we're like celebrating this blindside Sandra Bullock, you know, Michael Er or whatever his name is. I don't know. Story where everyone's like, oh, I love the blind side. This is so sweet and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ooh, it's hella problematic. <laughs> well, I don't know if you should love it that much. So here's here's how I feel about Hollywood and movies pertaining to adoption, foster care, et cetera, right? There is a romanticization and a dramatization that occurs so that so that it is alluring for people to come see, so that it is alluring for Hollywood to come see. And that being said, I do not think that they very accurately depicted like the trauma aspects of like, yeah, this is not like it's, it's not going to go like this. Like there, there will be a honeymoon period for maybe six ish months and then trauma will begin to make its way. And so much safety will be had that trauma will begin to make its way in verbal or physical action and a whole myriad of ways. And so I didn't like that necessarily, but it was a great story. It was a, you know, it was a good little story. I I liked it other than that. But I do think that the whole purpose of it, and that's the thing, I do believe that the whole purpose of it was to start a conversation um, about it and was to like, just get people interested, which is great. Um, They're just going to get hit with the bus, you know, whenever they realize (laughs) what all they're getting into, but that's fine. That's kind of foster care in general. You you go through all the training and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And you have this whole idea of what it like could look like and blah, blah, blah. And then you get your first placement and you're like, wow, this ain't it. (laughs) This is not (laughs) anything like the trainings. (laughs) And, um, and you're hit with like with the bus in the form of a child. And you love that child with everything in you, but golly, like it's real. So let's dive deep into this one. Ladies of faith. Okay, listen. So church, obviously for many people in 2020, I genuinely, I feel like at large the whole year, been really honestly since like the first kind of information came to light about like affairs and stuff and just moral things being broken um within the mega churches and uh, just the white evangelical church at large within america 
like kind of after the first one where it was I genuinely began to feel as if that the Lord was really pulling everything back and like just exposing, not for the sake of exposing, but exposing to weed things out um, and to weed people out. And so I feel like 2020 was a giant year for a lot of that. And we got to see everything that all those churches, you know, that made those little, little punny little plays on praying for 2020 to see 2020, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, y'all really saw 2020 just in a different way than you prayed for. <laughs> um, and I, I think that for a lot of black Christians, for a lot of people of color within white evangelical spaces, et cetera, we saw 2020 in the way that our churches truly feel about us, the way that they value us or do not value us, the beliefs of the people within our church, the kind of the shock and the awe of like, I thought these were my people. And just the utter betrayal, the dismissal, um, the goodness, just the gaslighting, because that is hella real. Let's talk about that one, goodness. And just the constant denial of your reality, right? All of these things were things that I felt. I very much felt as if that my presence was uh, welcome to the degree of which that I benefited the church. My my presence was welcomed to the degree of which that they could plaster me on something and, you know, claim diversity, claim inclusion, right? And there really came a point for me where I just said, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I, I can't dignify this because it is it's taking away from me and my agency and my dignity. And I have truly, like, straight up, don't even want anything to do with church in general. I don't even want to walk into a church. I don't want to deal with people. And my faith in God has not been thwarted at all by any means. But my faith in the capital C church, that has, big time. And I don't quite know how I'm going to go from here, like what that's going to look like. I really do hope that I fall in love with the church again, but I hope it's a different church that I fall in love with, not the one that we know. But this is more than I've ever shared <laughs> publicly about this. So like, now that we're here, my goodness. Well, my dad is the pastor at my church. It's like a really small church, but I was like really surprised at how everyone agreed. Like everyone was willing to say that black, black, like willing, like, but they said Black Lives Matter and like they stood by it and they said that's what Jesus would say. And it was really surprising to me, honestly, because it's mostly a bunch of like old white people who definitely look like they would call you the N-word. I'm not going to lie to you. Like they do look like that. But it's been like a really good experience. I was looking to like find more of like a multicultural church and then the pandemic happened. So that kind of sucked because like no one's really open here in Kentucky. They're all doing like online or they're doing like Sunday morning only. So that's kind of where I am. Have you guys been shocked, surprised, or I don't even know, angry with the Capital C Church as far as the response to Black Lives Matter and the entire Capital C Church and its members? Let me say that. And its members and their response to 2020 and just the racial reckoning that has been a long time coming and I dare I say been in process honestly what did you guys think what did you think Alexa I mean I was infuriated because it's like you're teaching you're saying that you believe that you should love everyone and then like getting mad about the things the repercussions that are happening because of people's anger instead of the things that are happening to these people I am like still kind of confused because the churches very much are feeling like they cannot say Black Lives Matter because they don't want to agree with the organization. And I'm like, well, what does an organization have to do with anything with the people getting murdered in the street? Exactly. Like, make it make sense. But like, that doesn't, it's just a continual, like, use of diversion as a tactic to keep things the way that they are and to keep things the the status quo. And I was actually, I was reading this book a couple of days ago. I'm in this whole, like, really trying to explore the Bible from a Black 
African perspective. Like, what does this look like? Because I truly believe that there's a facet of the gospel that white people do not understand because we, like, Black people know what it is like to be enslaved. There's also a different posture by which we approach the Bible, I think, too, and that's where I've kind of been, long story short, that Reverend Warnock, the new senator for Georgia, I think, yes, Georgia, he wrote a book, and in that book he was talking about how, gosh, he wrote this book forever ago, but he was talking about how there is the sin of slavery, that we, we can be enslaved to the sin of slavery or the slavery of sin, and that churches are really talking about one or the other. They're not talking about both. And so that like highly emphasis upon one so much so negates the other. And he talked about just the white evangelical churches, multi-ethnic churches, and the kind of the logical like fallacies within that on both sides of the spectrum. Very, very interesting. But I genuinely just am, I don't know, I'm in awe just at the lack of repentance and repair of like, do y'all really not know how easy this is? I mean, I know it's not easy, but it's not easy being black. I would just like to know what, what has that journey looked like for you? As far as like scripture, your relationship with Jesus, has that changed at all over 2020? Has any, I don't know, anything that happened affected that? I would love to hear about that. I feel like there's been a lot of questioning But at the same time, I feel like it's gotten stronger. Like at the very beginning, I was literally like, why? (laughs) Like I could not handle like being a pandemic and also just seeing everyone getting murdered every day. I feel like questioning helped me reach out to God more in a way. Like I was definitely, there was like, I'm so angry. Like I still don't really understand, but there's a lot more peace about it. But yeah, I don't know how. I felt that... This was a long time coming, and it's been this way. It has been this way since, I mean, the big inception of America, let's be real. But I think that there was something to be said by how this all happened, like how 2020 happened, that we as a country were forced to reckon and like confront the racism that America has been very complicit in and intentional with at systemically, personally, corporately, just in all of the ways and they had to confront that by way of a pandemic. Like Ahmaud Arbery, like his murder would not have gone viral had life been quote unquote normal, had we not entered this pandemic. Exactly. Um, and so just the microphone that racism got, the microphone that Black Lives Matter got, and all these, gosh, these murders, Breonna Taylor does me in. I can't even. Black women, I, oh, we are worth so much more. We're worth so much more. It's absolutely wild to me just that that we are where we are as a country. And I don't quite know where I stand on, like, if I have hope or not. I really don't. Right? I want to say I have hope for, I think-ish, because of the exposure that we have gotten. Uh, definitely, definitely the, just the exposure, just the space and it even it like brings in this whole thing because like black people have gotten you know all these spaces and amplification that that really has happened and all of that but if it's happening with the wrong intent or with the wrong motives to what extent does that devalue I don't it's like a weird like do I do this because they're asking me to or am I actively participating in being a scapegoat like is it possible to do both does that make sense yes yes I don't know how I feel about that how do you feel about that because your girl I don't know I just have feelings I feel like that's such a hard like that's such a hard question it's so complicated and it's so like there's so many layers I'm like oh it's uh it's tricky I feel like you can kind of differentiate when someone's doing it performatively and when someone's like actually genuine like especially at the very beginning, like people who are like going for it, like screaming at the top of their lungs, like they've subsided to an extent. And like, I feel like the people who genuinely care, like they're still shouting Black Lives Matter, like they're still going to the ends for us, I guess you could put it that way. And I don't know, I don't have any 
sympathy. I don't appreciate the performative activism. It's offensive. And I don't really get the point of it, to be honest, because you can tell like when someone's being genuine and when they're not. So that's my opinion. Yes, I agree. And I'm convinced that black people just have this like this sense where it's like, mm, like, like, we, like we, we can just look at you and tell, you know, like it's just a, don't know if it's from the Lord um, or it's, <laughs> I don't know, oppression. But um, <laughs> either way, it is, uh, it's, I don't know, it's something. It's tricky. And especially it's harder with social media because it's like, oh, this is fakety, fake, fake, fake. But at what extent, I don't know, like at what extent does it, I'm going to talk within the realm of like the foster care adoptive community because that is where we are, right? So just with at what extent do we accept it or not accept it? I don't know. Like at what point do we hear something? At what point, like what what are our boundaries as Black women um, and as Black people within this world? Do we, like, I mean, people have asked me a lot to like do Instagram takeovers and to would you be doing a whatever or open to doing a zoom call about this or whatever it may be and again I say pay me and so I mean it's like I need that money or it's a no-go from me oh I was just gonna ask at what point do you guys like find that it's like your time to stop like putting yourself into educating someone or like giving your opinion to someone Girl, this is a great question. I also need to go back and say, like, finish a complete thought because I did not finish it and I don't want people coming at me. (laughs) But whatever I said, I do feel like that there is a facet of the gospel that white people do not understand because they do not know oppression. That is what I'm saying. I am in no way saying that they do not know the gospel or that they do not know Jesus any less, any differently, blah, blah, blah. Well, it is different. But just note that for the people, don't come at me. I love all of you, most of you, I'm sure. But anyway, I really like anytime anything happens, I take a moment to decide really how I feel about it. And I try not to position myself in the position of educator. That is like my number one, like, I do not do it. Like if I have not been having conversations with you about race and what it is like being a black woman prior to everything that happened in 2020, we're not talking about it now. Like, it's just, it's, it's not a thing. Like we're not that close if we're not talking about that. And so I, I will share things that other people have put. Like I found out about the Capitol and the incredible insurrection, sarcasm for the audio, actually from a story of Danny's. Danny had reposted something and I was like, holy what's happening um and like my jaw dropped and I'm like watching everything and I'm just literally I'm only watching it from Danny's stories <laughs> like I was like I have no no you, you didn't you didn't say anything well not yet you had like posted the like Washington Post thing and then I went to that and then I was like oh my gosh and then I went back and then I just you know whatever but I had like really just through that time i and during that, I only reposted what others had written. I had not processed it. I still have not quite processed it. I don't have words to say. I also like set a, a strict line of like, what are my motives in posting this? Because my social media is not for anyone else. It's for me. So if this is not a message that I want to read in a year or read in 20 years, whenever it pops up on my time hop or whatever, then I'm not going to post it. Um. So that's my like kind of those are my bounds so there are certain things that I will post I also have close friends on Instagram for a reason let me just say that (laughs) because most of the people who follow me are foster adoptive related whatever humans and so I mean they're just they're not there for all that but it's also not my job to educate them on all that I should not and do not hopefully am not the only black person in people's lives even if it is through social media, if I am, then that's a problem. Alexa, talk to us about how you feel about it. Did our responses help a little? Yeah. Informing that. It definitely helped because I feel like I feel like I want to help all the time. And it's like not I'm I'm struggling to realize like it's not my job to help. It's not my job to 
educate them, even though I want to, but like they also have to want to be educated, I think. I think that's my no, problem. A thousand percent. Yes, 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 yeah. Just because they have access to you does not mean that you are their Google. Yeah. That does not mean that you are their compass or anything of that matter. Like Google is free. Google is free. It is free. It is free. So I do understand that though, because that's hard because that is a very much a thing that I feel like all of 2020 was, I don't even know. It's wild. Absolutely wild to me, but I would love to hear from you and just, how are you feeling about white women? I love a good white woman, you know? Don't, don't we all? (laughs) What are their names? Karens? All those Karens. Those Beckys. Beckys. Um, No, but I feel like they could be doing so much more. Like, I feel like it's become a trend to be like this. I don't want to use the term like social justice warrior, but like... Just like girl, use it. It's okay. I mean, thank you. I think I will. But the term, like, you can tell, like, it's just about them. Like, it's they're using their force just to become. Gosh, I sound ridiculous. They're trying to be something that they're not, just to prove a point. Like, you can tell they don't genuinely care about black lives, and they don't. They're not putting in the work, especially when they have black kids or like black friends. Like, two out of like ten of my friends even said something to me about this Black Lives Matter movement and like the murders of black people, it really like sucked to see that come to fruition. So also just, I don't know. I feel like it's really, they're at like the top of the totem pole, if you will. And like, they should be using their voice and they're not like to the best of their extent. A thousand percent. I definitely feel that white women are, well, honestly, I even like, I don't even want to say it like that. So I'm not going to, but more than anything, I feel like white, white women are the way to make some change low key because white men are not going to be about this Uh because it attacks everything that they are. I mean, they're at the top, they're at the Supreme Supreme. They're at the top, absolute top of the temple. They benefit from everything from the patriarchy to this, to racism um and systemic racism dare I say so it is I don't know I think it is white women I think that they have a lot more agency than they know I truly wish they realized the power that they encompassed and the ability that they have but I definitely agree with you white women do be wild and I will say wild and no offense I will say it is crazy do you remember Christian Cooper? He was the gentleman who was in the park in New York and Central Park. And he was walking in a white lady who was walking her dog called the police on him. Oh yeah. As he, yes. As he was talking with her, you know, like politely because there is audio and video politely telling her that her dog, you know, needed to be on a leash per mm-hmm. rules. So I just in that, like, that is an example of which that white women, your power is used for bad. Yeah. Like it is used for bad. It is it is used for disenfranchisement and the dehumanizing of black people and the way that homegirl, I don't even I don't even know her name. I don't remember it. I don't care to. But the the way that she weaponized her tears. Mm the way that she did that and with such ease like with such ease weaponized her tears to to get the police out there like and incite this fear it it is a i don't think white people realize the extent of white supremacy and racism and no way yeah and i gosh i cannot even understand it it's mind-boggling to me Okay, let's talk about friends, because you you brought up a good point, ma'am. Um, you said like only two of your friends had two out of like ten ish, yeah, or so had mentioned something to you in re- in regards to Black Lives Matter yeah. in that year, twenty twenty. What does being black and being friends with black people and non black people how what does that look like? What did not having your friends reach out say like or what did that mean to you? Let's hear that. 
I mean, I feel like I'm, like, too nice of a person sometimes. Like, it sounds like me being such a jerk. But, like, I didn't, like, cut them off or anything. Like, I'm still friends with them. But it made me realize, like, how closed-minded and, like, I don't want to say, like, backwards, but maybe just uneducated a lot of my white friends are. Yes, yes. And that was really hard. That was really hard to see, I guess. Because, like, they didn't even check in on me. Like, they didn't post anything about it. Which, I mean, if they didn't mean it, then I guess I'm glad that they didn't. But it was just... it sucked and then like a lot of like social media friends like opposed it like they were just like I don't understand why everyone's being so violent like out in the streets it's not a big deal the police shoot everybody and like that that was so hard to see like people that I've grown up with acting like that that is wild I genuinely do not even know how I would have reacted to that situation Man, um, I did have people reach out. Um, I had social media friends reach out, which was awesome. I had people, like straight up, someone sent me money to get a massage, and they're like, "You, you, you go, go okay, get a I like massage." Here. I, yeah, I'm like, we need these types of people. Yeah. Um, goodness, in our lives, I know. I sent sent her a thank you note. She's incredible, and I really have just had people. Uh, just be intentional. My very close knit circle, all of them reached out. I have, I mean, I have circles of people. It's and they just kind of go out by out. And so, the degree of like relativity is kind of different for each each person, but and different for each kind of level of circle, I guess. Which sounds kind of terrible, but listen, I'm a very vulnerable person in general. A lot of people see a lot and hear a lot about social media from me. But in real life, you're not, you're going to get that and then some, like, you know, so it's, it's just, it's a different thing. Um, and it's, gosh, friends were so hard. I hit that unfollow button so many times, so yes. many times. Yes. Um, and I still continue to do so because at the end of the day, I'm like social media, it's my social media, mm-hmm. right? Like if this is, I, I get to choose what I would and would like to not see. And so if something that I'm seeing is not bringing me joy, it's not bringing me conviction, if that is the reason that I followed, or not bringing me any happiness, then I'm just, I am not, I'm not about it, you know? Yeah. I just want to take a moment and recognize that um, Danny is having some audio issues. And so it is only Alexa and I at this moment, but we absolutely adore Danny. We love her so much, and we will definitely be hearing from her again um, on this platform. And uh, yeah, we will we'll definitely be hearing from her soon. We are going to be doing a part two. So um, for that one, I'm praying and hoping and believing that there will be no audio issues, and it's going to be great. Yep. But it's going to be great. Alexa, I am a you're only a year younger than me, which is wild. Well, yeah, it's a wild. It's a wild, wild. wild. Are you a TikTok person? I am a TikTok person. I can tell. <laughs> How can you tell? I mean, you're only like doing the hand. <laughs> it kills me every time I see that in person. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, do you do you get TikTok? Like, do you get all the like uh, all the houses and all that stuff? Because I don't, literally, I don't no, I don't. I think I'm still like a year older than like that. Like I don't get it at all. I'm gonna be honest. Oh yeah, same. Okay, good. Because I'm like I don't, I don't understand this. Addison Ray, I don't understand what the big deal with Homegirl is. Like she's all right, cool. She's but okay. That, that Noah, Noah Beck. I'm like, if I his face just frustrates me, and I don't know why. And so anytime I see his face on my For You page, I'm like, I'm like, block. Like, I just, I don't even, I don't even try. It's just so, there are not many people whose faces that I just, like, don't care for, but I really, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's him. It looks like a little baby. Yeah. It's like his little chipmunk cheeks. He is a baby. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy, golly! But there are some funny people on TikTok. It's I, like it's like the new and refreshed Vine, I guess. But yeah, Vine, Vine was, yeah. oh, Vine was a moment in time. Golly, it feels like oh. so long ago, but it really wasn't. I know, isn't that wild? Time to be moving. 
seriously. I'm like, what? what's the next social media thing that's going to pop up? Mm. Goodness. I wonder. I wonder. How do you um how do you feel about the, uh, the Amelia sisters? They're okay. I mean, they're kind of basic, no offense. <laughs> Girl, Amelia stands. Charlie hearing it right now, reporting the podcast. Oh my gosh. I mean <laughs> I feel like literally anyone could do what they're doing. Like I feel like it's just like not to bring like that they look like white or Italian into it, but like I mean, literally, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and they've also they've been on TikTok for so like before it even like really like blew up as yeah, an like, app too. Like so they had that long, yeah, they had that longevity as well. So, uh, man, okay, we think that Danny may potentially be back. Danny, you want to say a little word or two? Queen, yeah, can yes, we yes, Queen. Woo! I like to hear. I have no idea happened. It's all good. It's all good. You're back. You're back. That's all that matters. I still got to hear you talking about TikTok. Yes, listen, Danny. <laughs> back in. Yes, Danny, about Danny. Even though I'm like way older than everybody else on TikTok, but <laughs> TikTok is a gem. I don't know. There's some great people on there. Danny, Danny posts TikToks what? on our Instagram story. They're so good. Oh, yeah. So happy. And I go and watch. I watch all of them. I watch every yes. single one. Especially like, the Hamilton ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I just like, like to share funny words. I like, I will just lay in bed. That's like my me time. I just lay in bed and watch TikTok for hours. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my going to wake up in like two hours. I should go to I bed. Know. Time <laughs> can go by so quick where I'm like, oh my God. it is 3 a.m. Why am I still here? I need to be up at 6 a.m. Seriously. Yeah. Oof. While I work out, though, if whenever I go to the gym, I am 1000% like watching TikToks during my warm up. It's amazing. It's so smart. I would just sit there, be warming up, quote, warming up, and just watching TikTok. People in gym would probably make a TikTok of me just sitting there watching the <laughs> on the treadmill. <laughs> like, have you right. escorted out? Just walking like point one and watching TikTok <laughs> for an hour. Like, who is this girl? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, who, are, who are your favorite people on TikTok? Oh my gosh, I just got put on the spot. Oh, I don't even know. I, I asked that question for you. I stay on the for you page for the most part. I follow like if I see a black content creator that's giving me funny, then I'll follow. But yeah. I never go to my follow whatever that tab is. Not I don't even. I just I just always watch the for you page. Sorry. So oh. I give him a follow out of respect, and then I, I never keep <laughs> 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 There's this right. one. It's like Flossie something. Um, gosh, she's so funny. She's hilarious. She cracks me up. Oh, I'm sure you do. Hold on. I mean, let me. Is find it Flossie her. Baby? Yes. I love. Yes. Yep. She's incredible. I want to be. I, I want to be friends with her. She's so funny. She posted one the other day where it was like, I forget something, something funny about her parents, um, and like you know, or someone said, "How did you get such clear skin?" And she's like, "It was childhood trauma." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, it'll do it to you." Well, her skin. Well, you're not wrong, low key. <laughs> Gosh, but she's so funny. I love. Do y'all watch? Have you seen? Um, it's Clay Baby. Yes. I'm shouting him out, but yes. he doesn't need my shout out. Yes. He's one of my favorite. He is hilarious. Or Clay Baby Boo or something. Hilarious. That's the only I name I songs. Oh, they killed me. They kill me. My word. Goodness. Man, oh man. What are your other th- favorite things right now? Like what is what is quote unquote saving your life for talking like Barbara Brown Taylor? gosh for me honestly the fact that my child is in daycare my oldest is in daycare (laughs) I love her to death but oh my gosh she's almost 16 months and before she started daycare two weeks ago I had never really spent much time away from me and I just can't get anything done with her here because she's grabbing stuff dumping stuff on the floor when I'm on my computer trying to work she's you know, slapping my computer screen and shutting my screen and unplugging it. Like, what am I trying to do working with a 16-month-old? I I just can't get anything done. And so, honestly, daycare has been saving my life. 
when not that. Um, I love to order cookies on a breeze when I am in bed and watching my 600 pound life. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't really know where that came from, but here I am. My 600 pound life. Business. That's been all over I don't my know why. page. I will say on TikTok, okay. I don't know what it is. <laughs> TikTok yes. be playing games because they're they are like just dropping things everywhere. Dropping right? it off. Well, it was because of that. My I'd seen a bunch of videos, like TikTok clips of I just called them videos. I sound like such a grandma. <laughs> I had seen TikToks of like the thousand pound sisters yes. and then my six hundred pound life. And now I can't stop watching either of those shows. Goodness, TikTok really got you. Um, do y'all watch Grownish? Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No. Okay. Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Dung, it was all over my for you page, which I'm just gonna pause and take a moment because I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to just literally talk about nothing and everything with just black women and just be. I truly like, gosh, there was a moment for me whenever I was maybe 18, 19, where I was surrounded by, I went to a party and it wasn't like that kind of party, you guys, chill out. But I, (laughs) listen, 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 Um, I'm not going to say anything more than that, Um, (laughs) but uh, we... I, I know I'm a hot mess this is me all the time and I also had some wine with dinner so there's that too Uh-oh. it's okay though it's okay I feel like it doesn't do much to me so it's like me though I do feel a little more like loosey goosey but I don't know I'm quite unfiltered anyway anyway there was this moment where I like vividly remember it um, where my body just took a deep, deep rest and I was just surrounded and I was just talking to like, just in a circle of black women. And it was just like, oh, like there's just, there was no feeling like that where it was just mm-hmm. being around people who just got you, who understood that experience. We didn't really all know each other super well. We were talking about random mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, just like we are. And it was so, I was like, oh, how great is this? Like, it's so good. Like people don't have to have black people to simply you know educate or do things or give information serve them that's Mm. that we're way more than that we're way more than diversity and inclusion trainers and diversity inclusion officers um we can be vice presidents we can be presidents we can be a vice president i'm just gonna say that one more time we can be vice presidents we can be vice presidents (laughs) Um, we can be so, so much more. We can be content creators. We can be CEOs. We can be COOs. Mm-hmm. We can be many, many, many things. And so it is, it's just so refreshing to talk about this. But Gronish, back to Gronish. Okay. So Gronish <laughs> is a spinoff oops, of. Uh, Hello? <laughs> my lights just turned off on accident. Oh. I'm sorry, y'all. But it's okay. I'm still here. Gronish is a spinoff of Blackish. Um, which is a show with Anthony Anderson, Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm, Tracy. Dog. Yes. Mm, I know. Can we talk about her? What a queen. She I, I love her. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. I, 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 want, I want to be her friend. I also want to be Gabrielle Union's friend. And I want to yes. be friends with Carrie Washington. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's some more. Goodness. I don't know how I'd feel about being friends with Beyonce, but I would love to be an acquaintance. I would love to be her assistant. Like I just, I just want a birthday shout out on my website, and yeah. like I want, I want to be that close. <laughs> so oh my I'm like Beyonce. It's ten days away. Can this happen? <laughs> Ivy Park swag. But I mean, I oof, I want, I want it though. Low key, I want that swag. <laughs> I want all the ideas. I want the Ivy Park. It's so good. Yeah, Beyonce, if someone knows you, or someone that knows you, I, I want to How do you, <laughs> how do you feel? I'm like totally diverting. I'm going to go back to Gronish because I'm annoyed with Zoe. I want to punch her in the face. <laughs> that character, I'm sorry. I love Yara Shahidi no. so much. But golly, yeah. Zoe. Is she the main character? Yes. And she's dramatic. Yeah, I heard correctly. She is. But like, she's what? Like a 
sophomore or something. Yeah, and I Bill. No, I mean she dropped out of school, but in this. Oh, so, I guess. Oh, are are you caught up, or did I just ruin something for you? You just spoiled it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, oh my god, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen the latest in Bill. I don't think I knew that. Man, oh man. Uh, she is. She's a hot mess. She's just annoying. Like straight yeah. up, where I'm like, you are a child. It feels like she's in high school, even though she's in college. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if I'm just like an abnormal or was an abnormal college student, and everyone else wasn't, or if they just write her that way in general. But homegirl is annoying, and I just cannot with her. She's so hard, so so hard. Like, oh my goodness. How about Chloe and Hallie? Are they good? I love them. Oh, they're yes. they're friends with Beyonce. It happened. I know they are, and they're probably listening. I, I mean, <gasps> Chloe and Hallie. Listen, hello, Chloe, Hallie. Let's be friends. <laughs> listen, just send me Beyonce's address. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> what are you gonna show up? Like, oh, she she has people out there. She has people out there. Yeah, straight chilling. They'll be waiting yeah. for you. That's <laughs> why so you gotta go in the back. <laughs> oh my gosh where, where do you think they live they probably have like they have multiple island places right yeah yeah For i thought sure. they mainly live in like california am i wrong i don't know i feel like, I feel like they like probably man-made they like constructed their own island off the coast of california or something mm. and it's on lockdown i don't know i just made that oh, it, it, it seems legit that sounds that sounds on brand though. We can we can start a rumor. It's fine. Just yeah, they'll never know. I like it. I like it. That sounds too real. You know Beyonce. Listen, I'm not gonna say anything, but <laughs> but I've signed on disclosure. I <laughs> yes, I have an NDA with her and uh, and the Jonas Brothers. I know they're white. I know they are white. But they're so delicious. I know. No, oh my gosh. not my white boy. Nope. <laughs> who, who are your white boys, ma'am? One Direction. <laughs> oh my God, Harry! My claim to fame will forever be that Harry Styles waved at me. Oh at my gosh, he waved at you. So, <laughs> yes, he waved at me. Listen. I had a sign, and he waved at me. You had a sign. That's a lot. Yeah. Cry. Yeah, I brought a sign. I was look. I paid like way too much money for these floor seats and he could read my sign and he answered it and he waved to me oh, so man. i should have been like write your number on this sign please i should have but he wouldn't have been able to remember it he would have just yeah. taken the sign with him you you write your number on there yeah. he, oh okay 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 it's great okay it'll be great he could have been your baby's father he could have he fumbled the bag i mean but he's he's, he's not black so Oh, my word. That can be overlooked. <laughs> Especially for Harry, because Harry got that money. He's a whole thing. Anyway. He's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. He's a whole thing. Yeah. I have a um, very quick, semi sad story. It's actually very sad because I did low key, high key cry. And then we'll just go last thoughts and wrap up real quick. But I was supposed to go see the Jonas Brothers in March of last year, twice in Las Vegas. I'm not kidding. For the last two nights of the tour, I don't know why you're laughing at me, Danny. The last two nights nights of the tour last year, COVID happened. I did not get to go. Those tickets were front row. Oh my gosh. I was supposed to be looking at them in the eyes. Like, I was like, never going to sweat on you, bro. Nick and Joe. Forget Kevin. We don't. <sighs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Said, hey, whoa. No, no, no. Some stuff came whoa. out. Some stuff came out about Kevin. I don't want to dive into whoa. it here, but some stuff came out. Well, I'm gonna... I don't I don't think they're coming back. Listen, I don't know if they're going to come back because there's some problematic. There's some pro- you didn't know the Jonas Brothers came back. Are you serious? I don't think so. That was also forever ago? No, it was like two years ago. Ma'am. Yeah. That's a long time. That's <laughs> not a long time. You're talking this long time. Nope. It she has a six month old though. So yeah. probably yeah. has been a I got an almost two year old. I don't know these things. 
Yeah, it is as long as you've been a mom. I'll give you that. But I don't know. She's 16 months old. The Jonas Brothers have been back for two years. So there's, you know. Yeah, that's embarrassing. There's some time there that could have, you know, something's going to happen. You're slacking, Danielle. Oh, my goodness. All right, ladies. Last, last thoughts. What are our last thoughts? We talked about a lot in this episode, like quite a bit, ranging from, you know, TikTok to Beyonce to white supremacy, oppression, (laughs) (laughs) and then some. (laughs) So do you guys have any last thoughts? Yeah, I would say for me, I feel like my um, biggest passion is just behind letting people know that like black, black is not a monolith. There's no one way. There's no right way to be black and to fully, let's see, to fully love your black neighbors. Like you've got to appreciate and celebrate their blackness, not act like it's not there. Black is not a secret word. Black is not a dirty word. You can say it. Please say it and celebrate us for who we are. And yeah, because I think I spent a lot of my life not knowing that I could celebrate being black, not knowing what that looks like, when really all I needed were the people in my life to, you know, acknowledge and celebrate me, who I was and who I am, because I am a black woman. And so however I decide to do that is something that black women do, because I am that. And so, um, yeah. Amen. Snaps. Snaps. God dang. Let's go. All right, Alexa. Beautiful. Um, just echoing what Danny said, there's no right or wrong way to be black. And it's Black History Month. So happy Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And black history is American history. So Ooh. get educated. Ooh. Celebrate your culture. Celebrate your life and your history. Yeah. And be proud of who you are. Amen. 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 Yes, black people. I I mean, goodness. Black women specifically, and Lord willing, if there are any teenagers or Black girls that are listening to this, I want you to fully embrace who you are. Um, you mm-hmm. do not need to shrink back. You do not need to minimize mm-hmm. yourself for anyone or anything to fit in any mm-hmm. spaces. If if you don't fit, then you go to a bigger space, period. Mm-hmm. I just, golly, I so badly, I just want to go back and like, tell my, you know, preteen teenager self just how beautiful you really were like how beautiful she so was and so I just want you to know that the beauty that is within you the resiliency that flows within your veins it is it is something to marvel it's something to be gosh freaking just in awe of and shocked of Um, You are more than you'll ever know. Your voice, it matters. Um, Keep speaking. Don't stop speaking. If you feel something, say something. If you don't want to say anything, don't say anything. But you make them say your name right. Yeah, make them say your name right. (laughs) Do not not falter. Do not. That is your name. Um, That's something that they cannot take away from you. Um, And you deserve to be recognized for who you are. And that includes the color of your skin. That includes the way that you sing. And that includes your culture. That includes every single part of you that you bring to the table. Please, 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 please go to tables and sit at tables where you are able to feast as everyone Mm -hmm. else is feasting. Go to tables where your voice is valued, where your contributions are honored, compensated. Um, got yes. it, and that that your worth is recognized, um, and that yeah. you're yeah you're valued and honored, and goodness, black women, we we carry so much, we do so much, we have done so much for this country. Goodness, we deserve it all, truly, we really do, we really really do. Black History Month, we look back. Um, and we see all of the greats and we honor them and we celebrate them. And we also look forward and we are walking black history. Like yeah. I understand that we are, um, we are walking, Beautiful. breathing, living black history. And the very best thing that we can do is make history. Mm. That is it. We can continue to make history okay. that goes for black boys too. I mean, don't let anyone stop you. Do not let anybody stop you. You can do anything, and uh, your beauty is something to be 
admired. It is something to be admired. It's something to be valued. Um, and don't let anybody tell you you're not worth anything. Don't let anybody tell you that you are worth less because of the color of your skin, that you are not beautiful because of the color of your skin. Understand who you are and who you come from, the people that you come from, mm-hmm. um, the place that you come from. Learn your history. Know your history. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know where you come from, you're going to know where you're going a lot more clearly. So all that to say, this has been an absolute treat and a treasure. I am so, so, so grateful to have just taken over for, you know, for some time on Nobody's Damsel. This is so fun. Danny and Alexa, you guys are wonderful, wonderful human beings. I'm so, so glad we got to meet Danny. I've been wanting to like Richard and I have been planning a, something to like come to Memphis this year. Oh my gosh, um, we do. Yeah, we're trying to do something. We're like, we all we all want to get everyone together because we think it'd be so yeah. much fun. Alexa, yeah. you have to come. It's going to be a whole thing. No, I will drive. Whenever I will get it whenever it does before. happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm like, I need to get to but yeah, you guys are like my two trips I want to do this year. I'm like, I gotta see Danny and I gotta see Ellie in person. We'll see what happens. But Ellie, thank you so much. This this means a lot. I do appreciate this is a hard line to walk because it's like the I want to honor the decision that you made, right? To to decenter yourself, but I don't want to do so too much so that it takes away from the black centering <laughs> that is happening here. So I I do that. I say it just like that. I adore you, Ellie. You're such a freaking champion for so many and you're an underdog and in the best possible way, truly. I I don't there's I don't think I've ever met anyone who advocates so hard and so fiercely mm-hmm. um for any and all people. And I'm just so grateful, so so grateful to know her, to love her. She's amazing. Guys this is nobody's damsel. Look at me. I'm doing a podcast outro. My name is Imbo. Thank you you so much for listening. (laughs) I hope you have a great, great rest of your day. You can definitely follow all three of us on Instagram. Um, And then Ellie mentioned some other things she's doing. I don't know, but we'll go from there. I love you all. Reach out. Tell us what you liked about this episode. Tell us what you did not like if you want to. I mean, I'm not going to knock it, but listen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, This means the world to us. And happy Black History Month. Yes. Happy Black History Month.